welcome to the Empty Gale Show it's always a pleasure to say nice things about what's going on in Hawaii and in Detroit, my hometown, and we're going to do that again tonight. And I really, you know, quick uh, mahalo to so many people who have been supportive over the last year. I have just, I have enjoyed the number of people that have reached out from my past and all the new people in my life and just uh, have a lot of extreme uh, feelings of gratitude over the, the last few weeks. Well, I try to all the time, but for some reason I particularly had it over the last last couple of weeks. I'm hearing from an, awful, from an awful lot of people who are doing a, a lot of good things and also a lot of random acts of kindness have come my way and just just delightful. So, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk with my longtime friend, Julie Atkinson Fountain, <laughs> longtime friend and associate and confidant and everything. Julie and I worked together at Emily's across the street many years ago in deep downtown Detroit. She ran our plant store and, oh, we just had so many wonderful experiences. And then this summer, she was uh, with me when we talked with uh, Larry Austin at Whole Foods Detroit. And it's been a, f- a few months. And I, there's such great news to hear uh when the homecoming Detroit that Crane's communication and uh, uh, Jim Hayes put together, that was in September, and Walter, oh, what is his name, uh, Rob, Walter Rob, with uh, Whole Foods announced at the time that they're, they're looking for a second location in Detroit. So I just thought I'd call Julie and see how she did for that news and just uh, if she's been in Whole Foods since or I'll just uh, say some nice things about Detroit and let's reminisce going back to the 70s and 80s for a little bit, Julie. Sure, sure. Whole Foods was so refreshing to see this summer, um, especially when you go back to the 70s and 80s and living in Indian Village um, and working downtown Detroit. There was nowhere to get fresh food um, without leaving the city and going to the suburbs. Um Interestingly, um, because I'm from Downriver, I um, connect with some groups Downriver, and they really would love to see a Whole Foods Downriver. But I understand um, that Detroit is the target for a new Whole Foods. And, of course, I live now in Redford on the west side of Detroit, and I sure wouldn't mind a Whole Foods near me in Redford area. Um, If I I recall, Larry said that uh, they get more requests for Downriver than anywhere. Very often, Down River has doesn't have a 360 demographics. It's uh, you know cut, half of it is cut off by the Detroit River, um, right, and right. it's possible um, that and and the um, the economic level of um, the population um, sure would be nice though. Um, people would come from Monroe, Toledo to go to a Whole Foods Down River. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, we will good, see what happens. Good things going on in the city. Everybody, I know, anxiously awaiting uh, the sunshine to come out a little more. And uh, but pure Michigan, boy, you know, a lot of nice reports of skiing and and uh, a lot of good I love things to do in the winter time too. I love that. Um, when I was in Arizona, for example, um, in the summertime, I saw um, commercials for. Pure Michigan. <laughs> it's a great destination, absolutely, any time of the year. And absolutely, if you like to ski, 
Um, there's plenty going on here, um, here in Redford. Uh, people are riding up and down my street, uh, today with snowmobiles and, um, four-wheel drive, um, recreational vehicles. <laughs> and they're getting them out today and they're having a great time doing spins and wheelies and, yeah, much fun. So, so that's yeah. part, of, part of Detroit. Uh, to Detroit is all of the surrounding areas. It's everywhere. I mean, if you get Detroit in your heart, you're a Detroiter. It's all about Detroit. Um, it's funny when people are traveling, they'll say they're from Detroit, you know. And I, I find that more and more when I see people here in, in Hawaii that are visiting from Michigan. And just a, a, lot of, a lot of nice things happening in the city. Uh, the sports teams are crazy. Everybody, you know, type the Pistons are doing well, the Red Wings are doing well, it's, you know, improving and better than they was thought to be. And, uh, just a wonderful sports town, um, a fun town. A lot of things going on. Many, many things going on. Um, I just, uh, booked two shelters at, uh, Belle Isle for our family reunion this summer. I wouldn't have done that, um, five years ago. Um, the city wasn't taking, excellent care of the island, but now it's state-owned and are operated, rented, um, and um, we're going to have a great time there. Is it? It's coming back, um, I guess one of Detroit's nicknames is the comeback city, and it's had many of them over time because it's always affected, um, because it's industrial, it's always affected by the ebbs and flows of um, the economy. And when we were doing what we were all doing... When we were doing what we were doing in the 70s and 80s, it was the same thing. People would say, ah, oh, it's dead, it's not going to happen. People would move to the Renaissance Center and emptied out the financial district. And everything takes a, you know, it's a constant cycle. The, the key is to have those cycles last longer, <laughs> I think. Right. And, and uh, what was it you were just saying about, um, what did you just say that made me think? I uh, can't remember, but. Um, a while. Yeah, Belle Isle. So, uh, talking about to the listeners, uh, Belle Isle, uh, designed by Frederick Olmsted, and who did, uh, yeah. Central Park, and, uh, you know, urban, urban parks were really important at the time, and they're still important. They're very important. And, and, uh, the, I've been given the kind of the progress report, because here in Hawaii, the question is who should take care of the parks, the state or the county? We are the county, and our island is separate from where the state has the seat of government, and, uh, they, the restrooms aren't kept up as well, and so the county's taken over a few of the parts. And same thing has happened in Bell Isle. You know, who can who can afford to take a better care of it? So uh, I saw uh, yesterday that they're setting up the uh, passport registration. You know, you buy I think it's eleven dollars for the season if you if you live if you live in Michigan, I believe it is. That's and that's correct. Visitors thirty one dollars, and then you have access to the park. I love it, Bell Isle. We grew up going over there, and. Uh, so much activity. So great to hear you say that. You know, I know it's busy anyway, but it's even busier. So many pictures on Facebook of people riding their bikes over to the Scott Fountain, and now this time of year taking pictures over there with the snow and the the, the skyline of Detroit or Canada. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, the triathlon. Um, I think it's a half marathon triathlon um, that my nephews uh, participate in. Um, happening this summer there on Belle Isle. Um, the Grand Prix yeah, he, is he on did it Belle last Isle. year on Belle Isle, right? That's been, that has been on yes. Belle Isle. It's a pretty popular mm-hmm. one up for a couple of years now. And where does she come from when he comes to Detroit to do that event? Uh, Seattle. 
Um, really? He's, huh? he's a doctor, right. Um, and he's okay. an Air Force doctor. Uh, right now, he's, um, he might be in Hawaii um, uh, doing um, in-flight surgery huh. um, for em- emergencies. Um, it's his training. Um, and he was flying from Hawaii to Georgia to Okinawa with um, patients on board, and, and he and his crew were um, doing triage and um, surgery. Oh, interesting. And I know that we've yeah. talked a little bit about maybe him someday being here to do the Iron Man. So that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of fun, and you've probably seen on TV the Iron Man, of course, uh, here on the beautiful Big Island of Hawaii. That's how I got to Hawaii. Herb and I came over and did the Iron Man. There's a two of them in 82. They had two of them that year. Uh, February, and then the next one in October, and that's when they started making the Ironman every October under the full moon and coming off the summer season so people were able to train. Wintertime people like ourselves in the Midwest could train. Right. So that's uh, how Herb and I got over here to Hawaii after some challenges in Detroit. Everybody always says, we up and left Detroit and moved to Hawaii, but we didn't. We lost our lease. We Lots of problems with immigration with Herb status, which eventually got a green car, but it was... Uh, a painful exit, but uh, as most things are that are painful, you just you walk through them and you do them, and I couldn't be happier about where this is. It's always a lot of work, but it's just wonderful to reflect back on and be in touch and connect the dots and the history. And Julie, you and I, Karen, up and all kinds of people that worked at Emily's, all of us being in touch with each other and others. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Um how, well, because it's the Detroit metro area, people come from so many communities that are connected to Detroit, but, you know, it's 15, 20 minutes to get from one of the suburbs downtown Detroit. Um, Ann Arbor is only half an hour away, uh, 35 minutes. So, you know, it's all connected, and um, it's wonderful. So we were just looking at a word that is part of your heritage, and you and I drove down, and who else went with us? I can't remember. We drove down to Virginia to one of the Howers where you had friends or relatives and, right. and uh, from that down there in that area, and a lot of people came from the south to Detroit to work in the auto industry. They did. My people did that. That's what I um, wondered. Huh. They absolutely did that. Um my gr- grandmother was the first to come up, um, and she worked at Willow Run making bombers. Um, yeah. And then one by one, as she got enough money, then she brought her siblings up as well. And uh, oh. my mother was born in Detroit at Grace Hospital. I was born at Grace Hospital. Um, huh. Yeah. And... Yeah, we're hillbillies. And where did they live? Where did they live when they came up to Detroit? Uh, I saw um, some writing of my mother's, and she had her address. And the street um, where they lived was right behind um, the Fisher building, right in that area. Uh So like a a flat, I guess. Um, And then eventually into the city of Detroit on... um, Canfield Street, not in Midtown, but um, out a little bit. And then um, on the west side, um, Cheyenne and Joy Road. And um, 
this high school that my parents went to is was McKenzie, and it's gone now. But oh yeah, mm-hmm. wow! I think I talked with so, uh, Robin Usury. I think her father was a basketball coach at McKenzie, or and there was a player that was it Reggie, somebody that played out of McKenzie that played with the NBA. Wow, you know it's so interesting to how many people and roots that go back. We're going to my fiftieth class reunion this summer. It was amazing how many of my classmates were telling me stories about when they were in high school. They used to go into Detroit to see their parents or their grandparents that lived in the city. I mean, everybody had a story. One Kathy Phillips had one. Her, she had a picture of her great-grandfather in front of a bar right near was Bridge Stadium at the time that he owned. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's the part and I like. Everyone had that memory of Briggs. Um, yeah. Tiger Stadium is, you know, having somebody flag you down with a flag, park your car, park your car, and then you'd get out, you'd get parked, and then it was buy your peanuts, buy your peanuts, here's your penance, get get a hat, you know, all the way in, um, and uh, up to the bleachers. Yeah. But I even um, remember a football game at Tiger Stadium, Lions game, in the snow. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that would be so cold, and Thanksgiving Day games, yeah, I can remember going there with uh, uh, Doak Walker, who was who played for the Lions at one time. Played with Bobby Lane and Tobin Road and them. And the time I was eating Doak and and went and went to those games and uh, yeah, that was a real uh, Tiger Stadium, Brick Stadium before that, right in the heart of uh, Detroit, Michigan, and uh, Michigan Avenue and uh, Rosa Parks Boulevard area. And what's nice to see is that um, a lot of the places that were the familiar restaurants and bars and the Nemo's and I guess Casey's is closing, but those places are still, they're bus people over to the new Comerica Park and they're still just as active and they really, they really put their heads down and made it work, whatever the changes are that evolve in, in a city, the changes going on. It's kind of, we have the same thing here. I just handed a story to someone yesterday. My friends from Detroit were leaving. I said, hey, here's a column I wrote in 2006. The year it is 2014, and in the column, I was talking about development enough already, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, right. uh, as much as I'm, you know, out there advocating a lot of things, the one thing is I, I just, you know, the changes are sometimes so very difficult for people who have put their heart and soul into a business, and and uh, suddenly they become the victim of uh, uh, good things happening, like we did at Emily's. Everybody wanted our corner. <laughs> So I always say, uh, hopefully, like here for this column, I said, uh, recently I saw a bumper sticker that said, corner development, enough already, and my self-talk was, yeah, at least enough for now. Hopefully much has been learned recently to alleviate rather than aggravate the process of working through the differences regarding the impact of development on the Big Island. That could could also say the, the impact of development in Detroit. You know, uh, trying to find that balance where the small businesses that have been there and committed themselves and worked so hard to keep it going aren't, you know, uh, become the the victims good of time. Uh, good times. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> the rents go up and other people get moved in. So somebody pocket. Find it important to keep a balance there and keep that conversation out there and people talking about it. So there is awareness of that. Um, just like. The housing market, you know, somebody's misfortune was somebody's fortune, but the important thing is to remember 
how do we find that it doesn't happen both ways, I think, or more of a balance to things. So Julie Atkinson uh, Fountain, who worked at Emily's across the street with me, ran our plant store. It was incredible what she did. And we would take a truck and go over to Canada every week and haul the plants back. That was back in the 70s when people were just getting into house plants and or for that era and, and office plants. And wow, Julie, you remember the flower pots? I was listening to an interview with John King uh, recently from John King Brooks. He was talking about how he had a big sign up on their building saying, voted number two bookstore in the country. And the city was telling them they had to take it down because it was illegal. And I was reminded of when we had those flower pots out in front. And we, we, they kept telling us that they weren't to code, but there wasn't a code that told us what we could do. So we just kept those flower pots out. And sometimes you have to do those things. You do. And and the benches, well, we just put them in every night. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we found a way, and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It still is a lot of fun and to be continued. So thanks, Julie. Great to talk with you. Love you, Emily. Love the show. And I love staying in touch and sharing the, the, the YouTube shows I've got up, the Emily TDL Talk Story, YouTubes, and Julie is, uh, gives me a lot of uh, good feedback and uh, appreciate everybody else's feedback and listening to the Emily TDL Show here on ESPN Hawaii.